As we stand, let's pray. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And may we receive this word as your word, our God, to us, your people, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please, would you sit? The past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. The opening line from L.P. Hartley's classic novel, The Go-Between. I remember getting my first record player. I was 11 years old, and it was one of those box things. Once you'd lifted the lid, you slid the shiny black vinyl record out of its sleeve, and you carefully placed it on the spindle. Then you adjusted the speed to the correct revolutions per minute. And finally, when you lowered the stylus onto the record, those groovy sounds of the 70s <laughs> wafted into your own bedroom. I felt so proud of it. Of course, now the system sounds ludicrously archaic. When you can download whatever music you want in numerous formats to listen to whenever, however, wherever you want. But at the time, my record player was great as far as it went. The system of priests and sacrifices outlined in our Old Testament reading seems to us both foreign and irrelevant. We don't do things like that anymore. But let me tell you that the only reason we can approach God at all in church this morning, the only reason no bulls or goats or rams have still to be sacrificed is because Jesus is our high priest. Jesus made it very clear that he hadn't come to do away with or ignore or bypass the law given to God by Moses, given by God to Moses. Rather, he had come to fulfill it. The point is that Jesus obeyed every requirement of the law and fulfilled every aspect of the role of priests. And we today are the ones who benefit. So let's consider first why God provided priests within the law. On Mount Sinai, God gave Moses very precise instructions concerning the tabernacle which was to be a sanctuary or holy place for God amongst his people. God was and is holy. But his people in those days, just as we are now, are rebellious and sinful. And it was impossible for God to be approached by his people because sin had hollowed out this great chasm between them. But in his loving kindness, God took the initiative to provide a solution. So amongst the people, God selected men from the tribe of Levi to serve him as priests. 
Now, in the law, God made two things clear. First, no one could approach him any old how. They need a mediator or go-between. And this was the priest's role. On behalf of the people, the priest and only the priest had to go into the most holy place, symbolizing where God dwelt, and there he would offer animal sacrifices. Because the second thing that the law showed is that this sin is so serious that it requires innocent blood to be shed. Now, provided the sacrifices were offered in the right place, at the right time, in the right way, God said that he would accept them as atonement for the people's sins. Now, the system worked as far as it went, but it was only ever meant to be temporary. It's not that the law was plan A, and then God found, oh dear, human priests are fallible and they keep messing up, so let's bring in Jesus as plan B. No, Christ was always God's solution to the problem of sin. The priest in the Old Testament is like a visual aid. He prepares us for the real thing, and the real thing is Jesus Christ. He is the true mediator. And as Hebrews tells us, such a high priest meets our need. Now, it would really help if you would turn back to Hebrews chapter 7. Uh, that's on page 1205. A lot of the book of Hebrews is about how Jesus fulfills the Old Testament law. But today we're looking at exactly how Jesus the priest meets our need. And how does Christ succeed where the previous priests could not? Well, first, he alone is holy enough. He alone is holy enough. Now, the Old Testament priests had a very select pedigree. Only the descendants of Aaron would do. Only those without any physical deformity would do. But even putting on all those gorgeous sacred garments, and even after seven days consecration for service, they were still human beings with their own sin problem. So, verse 27, we read... They needed to offer sacrifices first for their own sins and then for the sins of the people. They were, verse 28, men who are weak, weak like the rest of us. And ultimately, they couldn't get rid of other people's sins because they couldn't even get rid of their own. But look at Jesus, verse 26. Jesus is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. All these words lay stress on the perfect character of Jesus. He is both like us, being in nature a man, 
and unlike us, being in nature God. In him is no stain, no evil, nothing unholy at all that needs atoning for. So when Jesus comes into God's presence, he can offer a perfect sacrifice. And that sacrifice will be accepted by God on behalf of imperfect people. End of verse 27. He sacrificed for their sins, the people, our sins, once for all when he offered himself. Now, animal sacrifices and animal blood could never adequately atone for sinful human beings. And the law, with its priesthood, we are told, made nothing perfect. But look at verse 19. Through Jesus, a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. It's because Jesus is perfect, Jesus is sinless, that he is able both to deal with our sin through his sacrifice and then generously to share with us his holiness. Jesus makes us holy like himself and therefore he can bring us right into the very presence of God. So when you or I, ordinary people, approach God freely, wherever we are, talk to him, worship him, just be with him, let's not forget we can only do that because Jesus is our go-between. He alone is holy enough. Secondly, his sacrifice alone is good enough. No other blood than the blood of Jesus is good enough. Look at verse 27. Unlike the other high priests, he, Jesus, does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins, then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. Now, some of the priestly sacrifices were indeed daily, but it was once a year on the Day of Atonement, as we heard from Leviticus, that the priest entered that most holy place and through those animal sacrifices obtained forgiveness and cleansing from God on behalf of the people. But you see, sin never went away. Once a year on that day, yes, they were declared clean. But every day, every year, the people were reminded of it because fresh blood had to be shed until Jesus came. And he offered himself on the cross once for all. Now, this expression, once for all, is so important that the writer to the Hebrews uses it five times. He wants us to be in absolutely no doubt that Jesus' death on the cross was a one-off sacrifice for all time and for all people. 
And how do we know that Jesus' perfect sacrifice ends all other sacrifices? Well, verse, chapter 8, verse 2. That tells us that Jesus has sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Jesus is sitting down because the job is done. And in that place of honor at God's right hand, because God is fully pleased to accept the sacrifice that Jesus has made. So what does that mean for us? Well, it means that we can know for sure that the sin problem is completely dealt with. And when we mess up, we can go again and again to the cross and ask God to forgive us. Not because of anything we have done, but on the basis of Jesus' once-for-all sacrifice. And we can know that God does forgive us and will forgive us. We can have an assurance of forgiveness that was utterly unimaginable in the Old Testament and under the Old Testament priests. So Jesus is the true priest because he alone is holy enough. And because his sacrifice alone is good enough. And thirdly, his life alone is permanent enough. Another weakness of the priests under the old covenant was that they were inevitably mortal. They died. And when they died, they had to be replaced by a fresh lot. And of course, some of them were more imperfect than others, like the two sons of Aaron we heard about, who offered incense before the Lord against his command, and they died as a consequence. But verse 24, because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Jesus is the one unchanging priest. His priesthood cannot be taken away from him. Not only because as the Son of God, he will never die, but because God has said so. Several times, the writer to the Hebrews quotes Psalm 110. It's a psalm which looked forward prophetically to the coming of God's Messiah, to the one who would save his people. And here in verse 21, it is applied directly to Jesus, to whom God says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. So through scripture, first in the Psalms and now here in Hebrews, God affirms the priesthood of Jesus as being superior to the priesthood of Aaron's descendants because it was permanent, it was lasting, it was forever. And what this means for us, verse 25, is therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Completely. Completely means there is no part of our lives that is beyond the pale. Nothing that you can do or can ever have done is too hard for Jesus to save and to cleanse. Verse 
Completely means that Jesus saves us for all time and for all eternity. We do not need to fear death. So if we come to God through Christ, and that's something only you know and I know if we've done and if we're going on doing, if we come to God through Christ, then we neither have to fear the past nor fear the future. Because all our sin, if we bring it honestly to Jesus, can be and will be forgiven. It's wonderful. More than that, Jesus is now at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Whereas the Old Testament priest, he could only ever go into the symbolic presence of God in that most holy place in the sanctuary or the temple. Jesus has gone right into the true sanctuary and he lives in God's presence forever. And what is he doing there? End of verse 25. He always lives to make intercession for us. Do you realize that? Jesus is praying for you and you and you and you. In heaven, we have a human being, a man who understands human frailties. And his priestly job doesn't stop with mediating that our sins be forgiven. But he is praying for us. I find that staggering. So whatever your situation right now, be sure of this. Jesus is on your side. He is there praying for God to strengthen you in whatever times of testing you're going through. He is praying for God to bless you in all of your ways. Such a high priest meets our need. Our need of forgiveness by a holy God. Our need to be made holy so we can draw near and approach this God. Our need of someone in heaven to pray for us before God. We do have such a high priest, declares Hebrews 8 verse 1, and his name is Jesus. May our hearts be enlarged this morning with gratitude to him, our great high priest, and may we rejoice in all his priesthood makes possible for us. Let's pray.